Sometimes, you know, the, the, the disciples didn't really understand. They were walking with Jesus. They were following Jesus. They were being obedient to Jesus. But many times in that process, they found themselves in a scary storm, a fearful storm to the point that they even doubted Jesus cared about them. They even said, carest thou not that we perish? He calms the storm. He turns around and looks at him and says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? See, the purpose of the storm is so we can learn, we can trust him. The purpose of the difficulty is so we can learn, we can depend on him. Somebody say amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. I want you to turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Uh, I'm going to try to be brief this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to try. Say amen. Uh, while you're turning, while you're turning, don't forget about the video. Some of you came in late, uh, uh, and, and we'll excuse you today. Say amen. Come on, guys, loosen up. Y'all are hungover. I'm telling you, this is like a Christmas turkey ham hangover. Amen. Uh, hey, did y'all hear about that couple that got married this weekend? Over a hundred years old, both of them. Come on! They moved into a, a neighborhood one day, and the fella started packing up. And she says, what are you doing? He says, I've looked at this neighborhood. This is nowhere to start a family. Amen. That's my hero. Say amen right there. Come on. Some of y'all going to smile. I don't care if I have to come out there and poke you in the eyes. Amen. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. Hey, do us a favor. This is, this is very important. Last week, last week, we had a little over 3,000 people on the grounds that heard the gospel. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? <clears throat> now, now, with that, with that, that's kind of where we're going. That's really our next target. We're really shooting to, to, to reach 3,000 people. Uh, but being able to do that is another story. Uh, last week, God gave us what we're trying to aim for so we could see where we're lacking. And there's a lot of areas that we need to improve. And one of those is the parking, the leaving and the coming to the parking lot. I, I want to encourage you to do this. Y'all saw the video. I posted it uh, on my Facebook also. Go and watch that again. There's some things that we can do as regular attenders of Temple that will greatly alleviate the parking problem, the coming in and the going out of the parking lot. And let me encourage you to do this. If you're, if you're here in the parking lot and you normally come out to the, to the left to go back out to 157, go right. Go right. I know that sounds crazy, but it, you can go around and follow the, the route that was given on the, uh, uh, on the video. Basically is this. Go right and then go right. As long as you go right, you won't be wrong. Okay? Go right, and then go right again, and it'll bring you right back out to 157. Now, watch this. They did that route several times, and it took two and a half minutes. So let's just say three minutes to get to 157, right down the road. Now, is three minutes better than 25 sitting trying to get out? How many of y'all? Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. I was terrible at math, but I got that. Are y'all with me? Listen, help us out with it. And you can also go left and go back to 278. Uh, but one, just a few things like that that we can do will help alleviate the problem. And uh, this is a great problem. Churches all over America would love to have parking problems. Are y'all with me? This is great. This is, this is not an issue uh, that we are, we are upset about. We're excited about this. But we have to fix it. We have to fix it. Because I really want to reach 3,000. How many of y'all say man right there? So if you can help us out with that, I know it's just a little bit more out of the way, 
But I promise you, the time you save doing that and the, and the help you will give us, it will be a great, great blessing. And all God's people said. Look at the last two verses, Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 and verse number 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 13. I, I, I usually, I like the, the last two verses of this chapter to, to conclude all of the book, but we're going to today, we're going to look at the last two chapters. Not just the last two verses, but the last two chapters. And we'll explain that here in just a moment. All right? If you found Ecclesiastes 12, 13, say amen. amen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Basically, the way we talk, we'd say this. This is what it all boils down to. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Why? For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now let's all read it together in concert. Let us hear the conclusion. Let's all read it together. Let us all read it. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for a good crowd this morning. Lord, in the weather and in the holidays and all this stuff, it it's been very easy for this place to be empty, but Lord, there's a great crowd, and I pray that we'll learn something, and, and Lord, we'll be encouraged. We'll leave here with a greater anticipation of what you're going to do in the new year. God, will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let me, let me give you a brief intro to the book of Ecclesiastes, and then we'll go into the, the, the message this morning. Uh, you know what? There, there is nothing that will make you think about or contemplate life like a tragedy, a death, a funeral, uh, a, a, a scary situation that makes you fear for your life, or the new year, right? The new year. We always, okay, this year's going to be different. No more cheesecakes, amen. I'm really going to exercise this time. That coat hanger that looks like a treadmill in my closet, Right? The new year, we can start over. We can start over. Uh, we, we really think about life and we contemplate life. We go, over, we go over everything that has happened in our lives that we wish would happen or wish didn't happen and so forth and so on. Well, this, this particular book is a very intriguing book. I mean, it's really good, really, really good. It's a funny name, Ecclesiastes, meaning the preacher. This is, this is Solomon. Solomon was a very intriguing fellow. He was somebody that God gave supernatural wisdom to. In other words, he was smarter than anybody before him and smarter than anybody after him. This was not that he had a high IQ. It was something supernatural given to him from God. Are you all with me? Say amen. This is Solomon. Don't have time to go into all that, how he got it, but that's a good, that's a good homework for you. Go find out why he received that. But here we have a man. Here we have a man who was very powerful. Here we have a man who is very wealthy, very, very wealthy. Uh, in his time, 
He was probably one of the, the, the wealthiest human beings to ever live, one of the most powerful human beings ever to live, and the smartest human being ever to live. Now, that's a pretty good combination. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, but there's a problem. Early in his life, early in his career, early in his, uh, his, his reign, he was doing right. He followed God. He was obedient to God. He was submissive to God. But he started marrying women from other nations. Well, those women from other nations beginning to bring in false gods and begin to worship uh, idols and, and, and begin to creep in and, and cause him to drift away from God. Well, later on in his life, <clears throat> later on in Solomon's life, he kind of got tired of the, of, of the right way and he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. And this is what the whole book of Ecclesiastes is all about. The whole book of Ecclesiastes is this deal right here. He said, I'm going to find satisfaction under the sun. Under the sun. You'll see this phrase, under the sun, several times through the book of Ecclesiastes. And what that means is, down here on earth. I don't need God. I don't need His favor. I don't need His hand. I can find joy right down here. I've got plenty of money. I've got plenty of smarts. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to seek it out. And he did. It was like an experiment. I mean, he went everywhere. He did everything. I mean, go, go read it. It's an incredible, incredible journey. He was, on a, he was on a mission to find joy, to find fulfillment, to find happiness, to find satisfaction here on earth. If there was to do, he did it. If there was to buy, he bought it. If there was to build, he built it. If there was to have, he had it. Wine, women, and song. Make yourself merry. He had it all. All. And he said, man, every bit of it is vanity. Vanity. And and y'all know what the word vanity means? Empty. Empty. I had everything a man could want. Do you realize that God did this on purpose? You would think that living and straying away from God, God would punish him by taking away his favor and taking away that, but God allowed him to keep it. Even in his backslidden state, God allowed him to keep his supernatural wisdom. And he allowed one human being in the history of mankind to have every single thing this world had to offer. Everything. And it left him with no satisfaction. Empty. Matter of fact, he just kind of got frustrated with life itself. He, he basically shrugged his shoulders and said, what's the use? What's the use? Life isn't even worth living. What, what good is it to work all your life and get all this wealth? You're going to die anyway. What's the difference between poor and rich? The rich are going to die like the poor. What good is it to have all this wisdom and all this knowledge? You're going to die anyway. Boy, he's in the mully grubs. Are you all with me? Gave four different, four different arguments for saying life is just not worth living. Now, this is in the backslidden state. Are you all with me? This is away from God. Isn't it amazing? We can find all kinds of reasons why life is horrible when we're away from God. But then he comes to a conclusion. He comes to an understanding. Aren't you glad God will let you drift a little bit, but then he'll reel you back in? You know why sometimes God lets it get cold? So you'll seek the heater. Sometimes God will let us get away. 
Sometimes, sometimes God will let us have our way and have what we want. So we'll realize we got what we want, but we didn't want what we got. Y'all with me? Well, here in this last two chapters, and I'm going to hurry. The intro is longer than the message, really. But you, you have to understand that. You have to, this, is a, this is a smart guy. This is a rich guy. This is a powerful guy. Nobody could say no to him. And he had it all. I'm seeing so many people frustrated with life. I'm seeing so many Christians just, just aggravated and frustrated because they feel like this, they just can't find any joy. There's so many people that are enduring life and not enjoying it, just making it through. Well, let me tell you what Solomon come up with. Let me give you four things real quick. How many of y'all can write quick? All right, the rest of you, I hate it for you. Amen. Number one, number one, what did Solomon in his journey, in his research, in his experiment, in all of this that he tried to find, what did he come up with? What was the conclusion that he came up with? The last two chapters, we're going to look at chapter 11, chapter 12. Number one, number one, we need to write this down. Life is an adventure. So live it. Life is an adventure. So live it. So where do you get that? Chapter number 11. Look what it says in verse number 1. Chapter 11, Ecclesiastes 11.1. Now he is in reference to a merchant here. He says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Then he uses the illustration of a farmer in verse number 6. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Now what is he saying? When he says, cast thy bread upon the waters, what's he, what he's talking about is send the merchants out with the grain. You see, uh, Solomon was a businessman. Solomon knew how to make money. Solomon knew something about the economy and finances. He said, listen, you have to send the grain. They would fill these ships up, and they would fill them up with grain and send them out, and they would go out, and they would do business. They would do trade. They would buy, and they would sell. And sometimes it would take months for those ships to come back. But he said, if you don't ever send them out, they ain't never coming back. Are y'all with me? What, he, what he's saying here, he said, we've got to learn to live by faith. We've got to learn that life is an adventure. There's nothing guaranteed. You're not guaranteed that that crop's going to come up. You're not, gonna, you're not guaranteed that the rain is going to come down. You're not guaranteed that you have a harvest. But if you don't take a risk, you'll never have anything. Quit whining about life. Quit whining about, oh, if I try this, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to take a risk. I'm not going to put my neck out there. I'm not going to try to have a relationship because I may get hurt. That's right. You may get hurt. But if the turtle won't never stick his head out, he ain't never going nowhere. Life is an adventure. Sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Somebody say amen. But cast your bread upon the waters. Be willing to take a risk. Be willing to step out in faith. Be willing to try something you never tried before. Be willing to do a ministry you've never done before. Be willing to help some. Are y'all with me? Man, take a risk. Take a risk. Don't be boring all your life. Y'all with me? 
But you don't know, you don't know how I've been hurt. No, I get it. I get it. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've got those walls up. And the problem is that you're not, it's not that you're afraid to take a risk. Afraid, the problem is you've not forgiven the last one that's hurt you. And until you forgive the last one that's hurt you, you're never going to take them walls down. Because you're going to look at everything that everybody says and everything that everybody does, and you're going to look at that through the eyes of the one that hurt you. And you're going to take out on Leroy what Junior done to you. Hello? I didn't really mean to get all that, but... Take a risk. I, 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 don't, I, don't know about, I don't know about singing. Try. Jalen will tell you whether you can or not. If you can't, we'll blend you in with the rest that can't. Say amen. Try something. I, I, I don't know about... I, listen. Listen. My, my daughter's playing basketball now. And she's got, she's got a little mentor... She's got a little mentor that that that, that helps her, and uh, and 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 Kenzie's got a confidence problem. <clears throat> she's 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 like me. I hate rejection, man. I'm telling you. Tammy had to ask me to marry her because I was afraid, you know. <laughs> I hate I hate rejection. I hate I hate failure. I hate that. I'm telling you. I, I'm preaching to me this morning. Y'all are just here. I hate all that. And, and so so she's so afraid to take a shot because she's afraid she's gonna miss. She's afraid she's going to miss. But her little mentor said, Kenzie, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Hello. Some of y'all just need to bow up this morning and say, bless God this year, I'm going to take a risk. I may may be bleeding by December, but I'm going to try. Life's an adventure. Who knows what's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen to those ships out there. We don't know what's going to happen to the seed we put in the ground. But we'll never get anything unless we try. Church, say amen. Amen. Number one, say it back to me. Life is so, so, so live it. Number two, number two, life is a gift. Life is a gift. Look what it says. Look what it says in verse number 9, 11, verse 9. Well, let's go back to verse 7, verse 7. He says, truly, the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. In other words, if you woke up this morning and you could see the sun, it's a wonderful blessing. I asked a gentleman one day, I asked a gentleman one day, I was at Walmart, and I was walking by the, uh, by the, 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 the benches out front, and he was sitting there, and, and he, was a, he was an older gentleman, way, way up in his years, and he was sitting there. And I said, sir, how you doing? This is his exact words. He said, son, at my age, any day above ground is a good day. You know, I think, I think every person in this room could say this. No matter what your age is, any day above ground is a good day. It's a gift. He says, behold, if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, Yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. What's the the next word? Verse 9. Rejoice. Say that with me. Say it again. 
All right, life is a gift, so enjoy it. Enjoy it. I, listen, I, I grew up, I, I grew up uh, in, in independent, fundamental, premillennial, patriotic. And if the sign was bigger, we'd put more words on there. And, and, and these were supposed to be the holiest people on the planet. They were not liberal like everybody else. They was against everything. They were closer to God than anybody they thought. And it, you know what? If you used to see them in Walmart, they'd look like the saddest people in the building. Now something's wrong. Something is wrong with that. If you look like you have something that is contagious, it's not from God. How do you know that? Because the Bible says in in John 10.10, he said, The thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that I might put my joy in you and that your joy might be full. Are y'all with me? In the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden. When he put man in the Garden of Eden, this is what he says. He says, I put trees in the garden that were good for food. Say amen. God wants us to have good food. God wants us to have food. Now, why do you need food? To survive. You got to have food to survive. Food is the fuel to live by. So God wanted you to survive, right? But watch what he says then. He said, and those that were pleasant to thee. He put them roses in there. And them azaleas in there. And them lilies in there. Are y'all with me? Why? He wanted them to enjoy it. God is not up in heaven hoping you have the most miserable life. And uh, listen, you just, oh, we're just getting through. We're just getting by. Oh, we got to endure. No, no. He says, I want you to enjoy life. I got some verses. Watch this. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Watch, 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 watch. Who giveth us richly all things to... Enjoy. Ecclesiastes 2.24. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. What? To enjoy our labor. Ecclesiastes 5.18. Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor and that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. What is he saying? Enjoy life. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, especially if you're poor. I would enjoy it if I had a sea do. Oh, it's easier for Michael Jordan to enjoy life. Are y'all with me? You know what the richest man in the world was asked? So how much is enough? You know what he said? Just 
a little more. You know what? He was never satisfied. You know what the Bible says? Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's not about getting more. It's about learning to be content with what we have. Because when we're content with what we have, we don't want no more. Well, I tell you what, if I had that, no, no, no. See, you got the Solomon issue. You're always wanting what you don't have. You're always seeking for what you do not have. Whether it's relationships, whether it's women, whether it's men, whether it's finances, whether it's possessions, whether it's money, whether it's popularity, fame. And if you're seeking that, you're never going to have it. You're never going to enjoy life because you're never going to be content. Enjoyment in life does not come from the stuff you have. Now, don't get me wrong. I like stuff. I do. I like stuff. I like Christmas. People preaching against Christmas and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's, no, I like it. Every bit of it, the presents and the wrapping and the gifts and the candy and stuff. I like it. Are y'all with me? Don't act all. I know who I'm preaching to. Get with me, people. There's nothing wrong with stuff. But when we think that stuff is going to make us happy. How many y'all, how many y'all, be honest, be honest. How many of y'all have ever drove off the lot with, a, with I'm talking about, with, with, with even the new smell in the car? I mean, brand new. Just right off the lot. Come on. Come on. Raise your hand. Right off the lot. Thought this is, I'm, 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 I've, I've arrived. I'm going to be happy now. I can die happy. And just a little bit. It gets old. It really gets old when that first payment rolls in. Say amen right there. Y'all with me? You know what I found out? This is what I found out. If I cannot be happy where I'm at with what I have, it doesn't matter where he takes me, and it doesn't matter what he gives me, I'll never be happy. I've got friends of mine. I've got friends of mine that, that like to race cars, and they like... Them, them fast motors say, man, right. He had a, he had, hey, what, what year was Ronnie's Camaro? 67, 68, 67, 68. Beautiful. I'm talking about beautiful. Teal green. Oh, say, man. I mean, the first time he took me for riding that thing, it was a built-up 350. I'm telling you what, I, I mean, rumble in the jungle. Say, amen, right there. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it was perfect to me. Don't change nothing. Don't even just, and, and, and he, had, he just had to get it a little faster. And a little faster. And, and then a little faster. And then just a little bit more. Well, I run this speed. Now I got to get that time down. And he kept doing modifications. By the time that was over, it wasn't even the same car. But we just had to get a little faster. I remember the first time. <laughs> I shouldn't admit this. 
I remember when I was, I was praying for a coon dog. <clears throat> yeah, judge me if you will. I don't care. Bible says you have not because you ask not. That's y'all's problem right there. I said, Lord, it don't have to win the world hunt. It don't even have to be fast. It don't have to be as good as nobody else's. Lord, if it'll just look up a tree and have a coon, I'll be so happy. First dog I got, little English blue tick about this big. She was about that big and had a horn, son. I named her Little Blue Choo Choo. <clears throat> First time I took her out, was hunting with a buddy of mine and his dog's named Patches. Really good dog. They cut through there and, and, and Patches treed and she kept going and went through a pine thicket. Oh, boy. Now, if you know anything about coon hunting, pine thickets are not where coons hang out. What hangs out in pine thickets has got longer legs. Say amen right there. And she was going, I mean, wide open. I was so mad. I'm going to choo-choo. So we go to his dog, and we get his dog, and we go drive around to get her, and every now and then you can hear her bark. We get to the fence, where, and I could see her. I'm from here to the piano from her. Right, ho! <laughs> and there she was. So I get to the fence, and I'm so aggravated, and she won't come to me. I said, come on! And she just looks at me, ho! Just turned around and circled. I'm like, what's wrong with this crazy dog? I'm mad. I climbed the fence. And I go over there until she's just looking at me. And I put the leash on her. And I just looked up. And there he was. <laughs> In the first fork. I said, she's got a coon. Oh, Mary, she's got a coon. I'm serious. It's real. Son, I had pictures taken. I mean, I had it all. I, it was, I was so tickled to death. But you know what? It wasn't just a little bit. I, I, I wish you'd bark just a little more. I wish you'd just go a little faster. I, I wish you'd be a little... I, I, all my coon hunting buddies, they get aggravated with me because I get frustrated. I want them to do perfect every time, and they don't. They're like children, say man. <laughs> Learn to enjoy what you have. Quit always waiting for what you think is going to make you happy. How many y'all, how many y'all, I'm going too long with this, but I, I, I got to get all this out of me. I got to get out of my system. How many of y'all are conquerors of the road? How many of y'all, when you see it, you punch, in the, you punch in the destination on your GPS, that's just a challenge? Are y'all with me? How many of y'all like, like to see the sights and, and check things out and all that kind of stuff? God help you people. Isn't it amazing that we get so hung up on the destination that we forget to enjoy the trip? In other words, oh, if we could just get in this building, or if we can just have that ministry, or if we can just accomplish it. Boy, boy, when we get to, 
When I can accomplish, well, when I get to the place I retire, or when I get to the place I have this, or when I get, when I, when I, when I, when I, no. No. Because if you can't enjoy now, you're not going to enjoy then. Life is an, is an adventure. Life is a gift. God has given it to you. Enjoy it. Now let me prove something. There are some people, there are some people who have the ability to make money. I mean, it doesn't matter what they touch, it turns to gold. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I believe some of that is a gift. I really do. I believe God gifts people in certain ways. But everybody don't have that gift. Especially in this church. Do I have a witness? Does the Bible not say, does the Bible not say that God is no respecter of persons? Right? So, he wants everybody, regardless of their abilities to make money or not, he wants them to be happy. Am I right? He desires them to enjoy their life, the gift that he gave them. What's the point? Whether God gives you this or this, in the same time, God will give you the ability to be content with this or this and be happy in the process. The problem is, is we don't trust him. We think we're right and he's wrong. God, if you just give me such and such like you gave so-and-so over there, then I'll be... And God said, no, you won't. No, you won't. Because I know you. I know every hair on your head. I know every thought in your brain. I know every single thing about you. I know exactly what it will take for you to experience joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. But you got to trust me. Trust me. Be content. I know it's a, where, where's that button at? Y'all with me? It's found in him. You see, Solomon tried to find it under the sun. I'm just going to go with this. I, know I got two more points, but I, for some reason, we need to hang right here. Solomon was trying to find that button in alcohol and women and, and, and possessions and material things. And he tried to find that contentment. If I can just get this or I can just get a little more, if I can just have this. Or, and, and God's saying it's not under the sun. Watch this. Great verse in the Bible. In his presence is fullness of joy. What does that mean? If we could learn to get in his presence, we could be in a straw hut in Africa on dirt floors and be happier than the richest man in silk sheets on marble floors here in the United States. Why do you think so many rich people are killing themselves, taking pills? Isn't it amazing some of the celebrities that we see they have to have pills to wake up. They have to have pills to go to sleep. They have to have pills for everything because they can't find satisfaction, fulfillment, and contentment in anything. You know why? It's not under the sun. That's what Solomon found out. Everything he tried left him empty. Say that with me. Left him empty. Richard, what are you saying? Here's what I want Temple Baptist Church to do this year. 
This year, we're not going to seek stuff. We're going to seek Him. Amen. We're just going to seek Him. And, instead, and, and listen, technically, we're not going to seek happiness. We're not going to seek joy. We're going to seek Him. Amen. And happiness, joy, and contentment will be a byproduct Amen. of seeking Him. And all God's people say it. Amen. Let me give you these two things. i got five minutes. Check that out. Say amen. All right, two and a half minutes apiece right here. Life, number one, life is an adventure, so say it with me, so, so live it. Number two, life is a gift, so come on, so enjoy it. Number three, life is a school, say amen. So learn it. In chapter number 12, I believe it's in verse number nine, he starts talking about knowledge and teaching and proverbs and he says he compares, he compares the truth and knowledge, he compares it to two things, goads and the nail that you fasten something on. A goad is a sharp stick. It's an instrument that they was used on the oxen to, to get them to giddy up. In other words, it was motivation. And, and you know what? I, I think we need to learn to use the Word of God as motivation to encourage us to giddy up. Some of you have been stagnant in your life. Some of you have been, basically, you're in the recliner of life. And God needs to take his word and poke you. And say it's time to giddy up. Are y'all with me? Sometimes we need motivation. Sometimes we need the word of God to, to convict us, to challenge us, to inspire us, to be better, to reach for greater things and expect greater things from him. Then the word will give us something to hang our hat on. It will give us something to hang our hopes on. Because I'm telling you, in the world we're living in, in this crazy society we're living in, we need something to hang on to. Say amen right there. It's found in his word. It's found in truth. What is this school we're talking about? Two things. Two things that will, that will give you that will give you a degree. The scriptures and experiences. Two ways that God teaches us. Two ways that we learn. Through the scriptures and through experiences. Now most of us don't mind the scriptures. It's the experiences that we have trouble with. In other words... In other words, we'll come in here on Sunday and through the scriptures, we'll learn we're supposed to forgive folks. And then on Monday, God will let you experience an idiot. Do I have a witness? Some, some of y'all didn't even say amen. You're just looking at the floor, Where, you know. I don't know why I got to put up with people like you. Yeah, I know why. You're in school. Y'all with me? In the scriptures, we, we learn to love everybody. Love people like Jesus. The kind of love that, that says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. See, we learn that in the scriptures. And then on, on Monday at work, we have to work with some unlovable people. Why do we have to work with unlovable people? Because Jesus loved the unlovable. It's easy to love the lovable. 
It's easy to love kinfolks, some. <laughs> hey, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to tell the truth. Say amen. Are y'all with me? Don't get frustrated at the circumstances of life because it is through those circumstances that God gives us the education we need to be more like Him. And all God's people said. Lastly, number one, life is an adventure, so live it. Number two, life is a gift, so enjoy it. Number three, life is a school, so number, number four. Lastly, life is an accounting. It's a stewardship. It's something, because it is a gift, one day we're going to give account for how we used it. What is a steward? A steward is someone who manages the affairs of another. Y'all with me? Now watch this. You, in your life today, you are managing what belongs to God. And so, with every steward, every steward must give an account for his stewardship. Right? Watch this. Last two verses of chapter 12. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God, watch, for God shall bring every work into judgment. What's that mean? One day, we're going to stand before God. And he's going to say, I gave you the precious gift of life. What did you do with it? What did you do with it? Some people are wasting life. Some people basically are destroying life. But there's others that are investing life. Watch what Corey Ten Boom says. Ten Boom says this, the measure of life after all is not its duration, but its donation. Oh, my stars. What are we going to do when we stand before God with 80 plus years of life? And then somebody comes in after us with seven years of life. Little Aaron, who fought leukemia his whole life and encouraged people and inspired people and lived his life to the fullest that he could in seven years. And God has given some of us a full life, a long life. And we're going to have to give an account for what we did with it. I don't want to go after Aaron. How about y'all? Listen, life is a stewardship, so invest it. Invest it. This year, don't just live. Do something that's going to count. Don't just survive. Do something that's going to matter. Do something that's going to make a difference. Get involved in something that is going to change the life of someone else. I tell you what, you want to find contentment? You want to find contentment? Do something for somebody who can't do something for you. Yeah. 
I, you know, I, I was sitting there watching. This was Christmas Eve, I think, or one, one of the days this week, and there was there was family members all in my dad's living room, and 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 and, and little little Harper was in there. <clears throat> I would call Hopper. So either way, and everybody had gifts for that little spoiled rotten thing. And it was so cool. Nobody cared about nothing that they were going to get. They just wanted to see what she was going to do when they, she saw hers. And it was so cool. You know, you think the greatest thing is to get to give. The Bible so true, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So this year, let's go into this with a mindset. What can I do? Not what can I get. If we spend the rest of this year, I'm telling you, not, I'm not talking about the next few days. I'm talking about the, the year coming up. If we spend that year saying, what can I do? What can I give? Who can I help? Yeah. I guarantee you, at the last service of next year, it's going to be different than this year. Amen. You will be so content. You will be so fulfilled. You will have so much joy. Because contentment, joy, and satisfaction is not found in stuff or things of this earth. It comes from Him. And all God's people say it. Amen. Number one, life is an adventure, so live it. Number two, life is a gift, so. Number three, life is a school, so. Number four, life is a stewardship, so. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your touch today. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for all those that come out today. Lord, I know, Lord, with bad weather and things of this nature, <clears throat> it's difficult. But God, they made a commitment to hear from you. And I pray they did. I pray they did. As every head's bowed and every eye closed. Let's, let's, this, is, this is the, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last Sunday of the year, right? Who would, who would join me in this altar and let's pray for the coming year? It won't take just a minute. Who, who will come? Who needs a blessing this year? Let's come and ask for it. Who needs God's favor this year and God's touch this year? Who's facing some trying times this year? Come on, come on. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. It starts at the altar. It starts with Him. You have not because you ask not. The greatest thing we could do in this life is to start it with Him. That's it. Come on. Just find your place in the altar. Surround this altar. And let's talk to Jesus a minute. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Come on. 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 Yes. Kneel right where you are. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you as a church family we come to you as a combined group of people who desire for your presence and your touch and your favor to be upon us God there's a whole new year waiting ahead God we want it to be different than the year before Lord we want to focus on what we can do we want to focus on what we can give we want to focus on who we can help God we want to get the, all the focus off of us and onto others Father, we know contentment is not going to be found on what we get. It's going to be found in what we give. Happiness and joy 
It's not found in stuff. It's not found in people. It's not found in fame and popularity. It's found in you. And Father, this year we're going to seek you. We're going to seek you like never before. Lord, we're going to seek your face like never before. We're going to seek your presence like never before. Lord, we're going to do everything we can to lead our families and lead our homes, lead our spouses and our children in the right way to follow you and to put you first and find true contentment in you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll honor all those in this building today. Father, help us to be obedient to you. Help us to fear you and keep your commandments. Lord, this is truly the whole duty of man. God, we'll thank you and we'll praise you and we'll glorify your holy name. For you are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we ask all these things as a church family together. We ask you to meet these needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.